There's too many homelosers, too many trimmers, but I like to watch them for Rotten Treasure. Hi, welcome to Rotten Treasure. We watch Toy Story. I'm your host, Jim O'Donnell, and with me as always is the other host, Kai Bobby. Hi, Jim. That was Hi, great. Hi, Kai. Oh, did I do good? <laughs> I was really <laughs> worried. You wanted my approval so bad. Yeah, I'll give it to you. You did great, Jim. Thank I'm you. So I'm so proud of you. I, I get really stressed about that opening that I'm going to do it in the wrong order. I think I still did. <sighs> you okay? Yeah. You did great. I, thanks. I'm going to... No, don't do not do this to me because I'm going to bring in my, our guest. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Our guest, former Philadelphia improviser and improv teacher, current fan of Murder, She Wrote, it's Caitlin Corkery. Hey! Hello. Hey! Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I was pretending like I was in a different room. Yes. Uh, and I was just entering, which is what happened, right? Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. uh, it, well, I mean, it was, it was actually kind of wild because you manifested it. So you started with object work and then we saw it actually come to life. It was magical. Object um, work has always been my strength. Oh, it's that's not what I, That's what I bring to the table. I learned that. impeccable <sighs> object work. I'm trying to actually, hold on a second. I am, well, I mean, one of my favorite things I've seen you do is be a clock. Um... <laughs> I, I I didn't see this one, so Kai, you're, please describe. Hold on, am I am I gonna do the thing where I call out a move that you've done that you didn't do? Who was a clock? <laughs> was it in the future? I feel like somebody was a clock and then realized they were counting wrong, like they were doing it in the oh, wrong direction. That sounds like me. I have. Like half- <laughs> I have no, I don't know if this comes now. This is a great way to to, seg, to introduce myself on this podcast. Yeah, yeah welcome. <laughs> I, and it, this is a confessional podcast, right? Because mm-hmm. I still have to take a beat before I figure out what is left and what is right. I know that's the thing that you're supposed to come like very organically. But if I am driving in a car with you and you were like, make a left, I'd be like, right. Mm-hmm. Correct. Exactly. The hand thing. I yeah. do the hand thing. And I have to really think about it because then I have to write my full name, C-A-I-T-L, to figure out which way an L is supposed to go. Um, more of a story being you have to give me a big heads up before we have to make a turn in a car because I have to figure it out. I've like I've always had I also always have the same problem, but I'm I've gotten better at figuring out which one's left and right because my left hand is so stupid and uncomfortable that like I I always am like well, I feel so unnatural on this side of my body. That means this is left. I like. I can't take a pause to think about how unnatural I feel in my own body. I think that would be too long. <laughs> too dark a spiral. Segment into sides. It would be all over. It'd be a dark place. Wow. Yeah, I never want to visit the left side of myself, Jim. That sounds terrible. <laughs> Are you okay? Do you spend one, much time there? <laughs> which one's the left brain and which one's the right brain? Which one's the good brain? Oh, that's something you could argue about. Is left? Oh, I think it's the critical. Oh, it's the left? left. Oh, you know what's oh, really wait. terrible is the way I remember brain. this is that stupid Bo Burnham. Bo Burnham, song. yeah, because I, I just did the. I am the, I am left, the left brain. brain. I am the left, left brain. brain. I work really hard to my inevitable yeah. death brain. So yeah, left, so it's left, left is, is like functioning. You're yeah, getting right. tasks done, critical thinking kind of stuff. Yeah, which I believe they've disproven. Anyway. That's not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> I love how I'm just like, boo, boo, critically thinking, contributing to my favorite creative form, improv. <laughs> Ooh. Ew. <laughs> I hate critical thinking. Oh, it's the worst. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, tr- I learned the other day that I cannot do uh, improv work to save my life. I haven't been doing improv in real life. And then 
now back taking a 401 here at huge i'm just like oh yeah what are my hands supposed to do when i'm in a scene again um this is this is so name drabby but two of my favorite improvisers in philadelphia so like nick gillette Im- impeccable object work incredible mm-hmm. object work you the bowl is heavy you feel the bowl as soon as he picks it up marvelous on the other end of the spectrum maggie keegan landis another mm-hmm. favorite improviser and if you hand her an improv bowl in a scene or any object, she will put it on a shelf. She'll take it from immediately puts it on a shelf. She's like, so I'm good. not I'm not messing with this. I'm not fucking mm-hmm. around with this. I'm not doing bowl stuff right oh, now. This is no. really nice. Yeah, and then fuck no. She's like, well, I accept. And here we go. Here's my next offer. It's over here. <laughs> oh, that sounds like so much fun. I would just never stop handing her shit. <laughs> and like what the best move. I love a thing that's just like, um, Thank you. I will not participate. <laughs> and, and <next. laughs> it's that like you're saying yes to the scene, but you're saying no. I don't want to do this. I'm not. I'm really not going to do this. And like of all the the personal lines to draw an improv to just be like that's a little too silly for me, and I'm not messing around with the invisible stuff. <laughs> I I watched that one episode of Futurama where they made fun of, of scene of object work. I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> It really spoke to me. I said, yeah, it is too goofy. <laughs> Which I, I'm a huge fan of uh, uh, Jacob Todd's object work, which oh. is wait, me and a uh, friend of the show, Nick Kromberger. We always talk about how he just does everything so slowly that you're like, that's it. That's that's just how you do it. You just be as slow as possible. Jacob Todd, I am the rudest improviser with Jacob Todd because he will walk out in a scene and I will be like, everybody, wait. Wait. I want him to yeah. be by himself. I want to mm-hmm. see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, just leave him there for, for two to four minutes until we're like, and that's the scene. We, okay, thank you. Yep. On on daddy issues, we do that with Mike Savitsky so much. There's so many times he goes out there and we're like, no, no. Mike, figure it out. What are you doing on there? Mm-hmm. You can know. We started doing something weird and now we want to see what's happening in your weird little brain. Keep doing mm-hmm. it. I mean, he looks back like he would always be like, no, really? And everyone's like, mm-hmm, yep. <laughs> this is what's happening to you. Figure it out. That's just another form of agreement. Everyone agreeing to leave one person totally alone. <laughs> it, it's funny. I, I actually, I realized I, I I don't like to be bullied in real life, but uh, I've been practicing being bullied in improv scenes recently. And I don't mean like really bullied, but like really, I love it. I, I've been practicing people making me the uncomfortable one in a fun way. Um, and it's... I'm, I suck at it. <laughs> it's so hard. Yeah. Oh. Even, it, like, it just, I can't even exist in a reality where p- fake people are being mean to my character. <laughs> um, one time in high school, I went to a, perform- is this what the podcast is, guys? I'm just telling you a story. Oh, about yeah, yeah. I don't know what the podcast is. We'll talk about Toy Story in uh, six <laughs> minutes, 20 minutes. It'll, whatever. Don't worry about I it. Went to, I went to a performing arts high school, and it was uh, in the basement of a church in, uh-huh. in downtown <laughs> Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Yeah. And it was very small, and I was in the acting program. And one day, we like we were like high school theater kids, so we were super into it. And we were leaving, and we were, uh, my friend Alex, we were walking on the street, and we were all doing like Cockney accents. And bullying her, I'd be like, I want bet you sleep with a tiny pillow on your bed. You know, she's like nonsense stuff. She's like making making fun of her bed linens and like and yelling at her. And she was being like, oh, oh, oh. And like, whatever. That's a Tuesday, whatever. On Wednesday, we get to 
we get to performing arts school in a church and uh, our principal is like, everyone needs to come into the sanctuary. So we all had to go to the sanctuary and sit there. And our principal was like, we had an instance of bullying yesterday at the school. And I want people to name names. I want you to come forward. This is not, it was a half hour lecture. And as soon as she started, I was like, I know exactly what she's talking about. I know exactly what it is. Like the optics on it were not good. Alex is like a four foot 10 black (laughs) woman. And the rest of us were like towering white teens. Like it was not, and like speaking with Cockney accents. And like, as soon as she was talking, I was like, this is a mess. And I had to raise my hand. Uh, like among everyone at this art school to be like Mrs. Alcidek did the person who reported the bullying because someone in another building like an adult reported it I had to raise my hand and I'd be like did the person mention if the bullies had cockney accent <laughs> good thing to check and then we got it sorted and we like gave this woman tickets to a bunch of shows and <sighs> like we're very apologetic but I was like what an insane mess why did we do that on the street that was nuts I mean, sometimes when the bit starts hot, it's just really hard to get out of it. Just in it. You start a Cockney accent. That's that's so much fun. Honestly, I, now, that you've, <laughs> now that you've told this cautionary tale, I don't think I'm ever going to try one. <laughs> yeah, because you're going to have too much fun. You're going to take it on the street. People are going to call. Yeah, yeah, and you know people with Cockney accents. Just rude people. And you're going really, <laughs> to really just dive into people, Kai. It's not a life I want. I'm, I'm not going to let that happen to me, guys. We'll, we'll hold you accountable. Thank you. I, I had kind of a similar story happen, except a very different way, where um, I was I was waiting around in high school, because you know, that's what you do. You just wait around. It was like 7 a.m., so there was like f- an hour before classes started. Mm-hmm. And uh, like someone comes up and is like, hey, when, uh, when this guy comes down the stairs, everyone clap for him. And I was like, oh, yay, we're going to clap for a boy. I can't wait to clap for clap for this kid it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time he was like kind of like people like this was his group of friends that were there and i was like cool and he came down the stairs everyone started cheering and i was like yay good job cheering and then he left and then like 10 minutes later a teacher came and was like why did you all cheer for that boy and i was like (laughs) and i was like because it's fun to cheer and he was like really you're going to make fun of the fact that he lost the football game last night for <gasps> the team and it was one of his moves that deliberately did it. And I was like, I didn't go to the football game last night. Oh, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I just thought we were having fun clapping for a boy. And I went and was like, I'm sorry. I didn't know. He's like, yeah, I know you didn't go to a football game, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't lo- down the stairs thing where I was at a party in college and my friend was aggressively flirting with a man so I was by myself by the stairs just being like very very awkward and a man walked down the steps in the basement and I had my drink and the guy walked up the steps and he was like hey and everyone in the basement went hey <laughs> lifted up his shirt and was like hey and I, was, I was joining with the basement people yelling at the stair man who was coming down but when he lifted up his shirt I was over and I went hey and I smacked his stomach <laughs> no, yes. And he just turned yeah, and no, like, yeah. why did you do that? And I was like, I I have I have no explanation. Yeah. yeah I just no got caught in the moment. We were all yelling and then your shirt was up and then yeah. did a belly smack and you did the I'm math. All cal- calculated real fast and it said, Yeah, this is <laughs> this has to happen. This is either a great risk and then he smacks my belly and then mm. we're all smacking belly. <laughs> Who knows what happens? 
or this is a mistake. And I was like, well, that was a mistake. Okay, it's 10 o'clock. Time for me to get in my jammies and go to bed. 10 o'clock. <laughs> it's like that episode of Gilmore Girls where Lane touches the boy's hair. where she She's just sitting there and she's like, oh, beautiful hair and touches. It. And he's like, why did you do that? And then she runs away. That is 1000%. Sometimes you're just like, I forget where I am and what I'm doing and what is my body. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Like, I just did the thing my brain wanted to do. I didn't know that was possible. I was talking to my brother today just about how much, like, do you sometimes just have moments where you're like, is my brain connected to my hands? Do they know each other? Are they friends? Have they ever, like, mentally being at home and working, mentally, I'll be like, I'll be like, I am thirsty, but I'll feel my hands pulling the snack drawer out. And I'll be like, I'm not really hungry. I probably shouldn't be eating, but I'm just like, oh, well, scout cookies. <laughs> What's great is that I'm imagining it more of like when you see like a puppet and it's clearly that someone has two sticks attached to the arms and doing that in front of the puppet. I, the way I saw your hands on the screen. <laughs> yeah. Like they uncontrollable. Never really it's not me. Yep. I'm They're not the one. just kind of like shoveling into my mouth. <laughs> and my brain fault. is saying things like there's going to be a transcription. And later on when they run it in courts, <laughs> they can be like, well, she said she wasn't hungry. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Um, so, Jim, what's really weird is at one moment I thought that we lived in like a uh, somehow a cross universe because I also got clapped for uh, repetitively as a bit in high school. Oh, no. Um, so I had uh, – I would always like stay late in my computer graphics class because like I loved – messing around with computers uh which is great because that's what i'm going back to school for anyways graphic design yeah yeah, yeah. uh and doing that and oh yeah casual brag everybody i haven't talked to you since last week i got accepted to college uh news for anybody listening uh gonna go back to college of design but anyway so i would geek out and i'd stay in the computer lab um with miss whooper who's probably dead oh my god um (laughs) (laughs) sorry you're trying to bring that up (laughs) i just realized i was like wow it's a long time ago okay never mind sorry teacher is miss whooper it's miss walper but everyone called her the whoop um the whoop was one of those teachers who was like swear to god if she could smoke a cigarette in class and yell at us and curse she would but she was just towing the line of being able to be that person did she i love it did she enjoy the name miss whooper I don't think so. No, students oh, okay. lean into something when they find out the teacher hates it. So probably not. Yeah, we celebrated one teacher's birthday every single day of uh, yeah. senior year. I understand. But yeah, I would I would stay there because I, I loved it so much. Uh, but then I would like come in like 20 minutes late to lunch. And this started with one table just starting with like a slow clap for my entrance. And then it eventually just built table by table until it was like a regular bit for when I showed up to build like a, a wave of people like like bully clapping my my existence but it feels um, like the bullying is just like you oh. you're cutting into your own lunch period yeah like i don't know yeah i don't know yeah that i did that to myself i'm that's ruining my, my lunch yeah that's on me uh, honestly yeah actually i should have I, I did join in though that was the thing of being like all right cool i own it i'm also here and i'm part of it yeah i don't really know uh how i don't really remember how that one played out um Aside from just clapping towards the end and then eventually just being like, I think I'll show up on time. Um, I think I'll just <laughs> I'll just show up and sit down and eat lunch like the rest of the kids. Um, and oh, then the- Go ahead. That that reminds me in high school, I was late every single day for uh, AP Calc because it was an 8 a.m. class and I can't get up at 8 a.m. to save my life. It's no. Who can do that? So I showed up every day at 8.30. Why I didn't just skip ap calc every single day i'll never know they let me get away with it though wow and it just so happens the one day they decide to like 
ream into me and be like, how come you're late every day? This is ridiculous, Jim. And I was like, I got in a car accident today. <gasps> my my whole front bumper got ripped off the car. <laughs> like, Jim. I mean, it was, it, the, I was going like, it was one of those accidents where I was going like five miles an hour. And it just so happens that I hit the car in such a way that everything got destroyed on my car. And yeah, luckily, we've all seen the gif of someone kicking the bumper and everything falls off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like the end of Blues Brothers. Okay, that was a joke for a different audience. I understand that. Uh, <laughs> what are the odds? Kai, surely I thought maybe you saw it. I've never seen Blue Brothers. Uh, I, I have a dad who his brand is like, oh, let's go, like rubber biscuit. Like my, <laughs> my, <What>? yeah. <laughs> That's, Listeners. It's, a, it's a song the Blues Brothers did in like the 70s. <laughs> All right. I, I'm going to, like I at one point, in order to bond with my father was like, I like the Blues Brothers, but I have since then, all that information is gone. I know Soul Man and something about a rubber biscuit, and that's it. <laughs> that's my dad. Uh, and it's not uh, Blues Brothers, it's Maple Donuts. My dad, Ooh. when I was little, like, nice. used to bring home, he'd be like, I brought home a Maple Donut, and I'd be Good. like, Oh, my favorite! And I'd eat it just to like bond with my dad. But in reality, Maple Donuts are they're, like so syrupy, they're yeah, so they're sweet. I yeah. hope to God he does not listen to this podcast to, to, to <laughs> this day. I will still be like, that's my favorite, Pops. Oh. Me with that maple donut. Because, like, why not? What does it oh. cost me? I have yeah. to eat maple donut? Sure. I yeah. quit cigarettes 15 years ago. No, every time, Dad. <laughs> just a whole pack. Just light it up. Just a bond. No, just kidding. It's not that bad. <laughs> what were you going to say, Jim? Uh, I did that with uh, Howard Stern. My dad's a huge Howard mm. Stern fan from like the 80s. And I was like, I want to buy with my dad. And I bought his book. I got like two chapters in that book. And I was like, this is insufferable. I yeah. cannot read this thing. <sighs> we lost him. Great. I, we, I've been waiting to lose him as a listener. So fuck it. <laughs> yeah, he's out there listening to every audio thing because he's like, how much is this like my show? Uh, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll tag him in the episode just so he hears this. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Thank, you. <laughs> Thank you for ruining my chances of being on XM radio. <laughs> I think it's about that time. I have to ask. Is it okay? <laughs> Ooh, what am I going to ask everybody? We'll find out right after this commercial break. Throw on your Jinkas, Baby Tees, and Doc Martens, grab your Lisa Frank Trapper Keeper, and join Jackie and Danielle on a journey to the late 90s as we reminisce about the movies of our youth on the No More Late Fees podcast. Don't forget your flannel and butterfly clips. And remember, be kind and rewind. Since the dawn of time, humans have been desperate for connection. Then we realized we could solicit strangers through the Sunday paper. You've heard of Craigslist Personals? Just imagine the pining and thirst from lonely queers searching for love. Join me, Haley, and my array of guests as we read, drag, and rate personal ads from the 1970s through today. If you love gay yearning, you'll love q for q the Queer Personal Ads podcast. I think it's about that time. I have to ask. Is it okay? <laughs> Is it okay uh, at 18 minutes if we get into it? I just have. I, I, okay, I think actually yeah. we didn't. We didn't tell you we're going to ask you this, and I'm sorry we didn't give you a heads up. Um, but I, I have to know what is your relationship with the entire Toy Story franchise as a whole? <sighs> well, Kai, if you had asked me a year ago, I would have been like, I saw the first couple movies when they came out. Mm -hmm. I probably saw I saw one and two probably when they came out that kind of aligned with like when I was a kid. 
Um, the third one, I feel like I saw after people talked about it, but I don't even think I saw it in the theaters. The fourth one, fourth one I didn't even know there was a fourth one. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I had a baby, mm-hmm. and I had a baby during a global pandemic when you're mm-hmm. kind of like in your house a lot because your baby does has no well baby immune system, so yep. you're just like hanging out a lot. Um, and I was like, okay, well, we're just going to have to start watching every single freaking kids movie I can tolerate because (laughs) we are, we are doing some screen time, baby. So now my daughter loves the Toy Story franchise. So I've seen each of the movies probably upwards of 18 times. I've seen them a lot. Oh, that's so wonderful. My, my, yeah, but my nephew did the same thing with, uh, uh, cars. I have a friend who's, who's son has done it with cars which we i've never watched the cars movie and i'm like of the of the pixar of the possible pixar franchises i'm really glad my daughter has gravitated towards what she calls jesse which is toy story which very revealing about her favorite character (laughs) Um, no i I was i was upset uh that jesse wasn't in this movie my partner was actually like what the fuck like what where's joan cusack yeah right up so yeah Yeah. no fair but you're so Jesse is is Toy Story, and then the other franchise that she likes is called Baby, which is, as you probably guessed, because oh, the most famous sake. baby. No, Incredibles. Okay. Baby? Oh, Baby. Yeah. There's a baby. In the first yeah. movie, Jack-Jack is in it for five minutes? Yeah. They hire... <laughs> they, hire a, uh, they hire a babysitter, like, ten minutes into the movie... And then they don't see the baby until the very end of the movie. <laughs> yes. Perfect. But then uh, Jack-Jack gets more play in Toy Story 2 because his powers <laughs> are revealed. Or not Toy Story 2. In Incredibles 2. And then Jack-Jack... Don't Jack lie to our like, listeners. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Everyone, rewatch Toy Story 2. Jack-Jack's in there. Um, but there's also two Jack-Jack shorts. Yep. Auntie Edna and Jack-Jack Attack um, mm. that we also watch on repeat. Baby. I was literally... I was literally about to ask, uh, have you watched the, the shorts with Jack-Jack? Have you watched the shorts with Jack-Jack? So on Disney+, Plus, which I totally play, uh, pay for myself and don't utilize from somebody else, uh, <laughs> it is just, I don't use it often, and it's only for this podcast that I've really gone onto it in probably months, and maybe only for like the third or fourth time. It's not, it's a new one for me. Um, it's irresponsible um, how many like fucking, like just, journeys you can go down rabbit holes i didn't even realize there's there's like five or six more like quote-unquote movies not movies Mm -hmm. they're like 12 15 minute toy story like there's a a terror horror one there's a one where they go to hawaii um the ken and barbie hawaii one is that what that is yeah have you seen party source rex where the t-rex gets put in with the bath toys that's a really good one there's all the forky series I think we might have to watch all of these and then do an episode on just collectively all of them because they're all like 15 minutes. I, I was, I last night I was showing my girlfriend uh, all of the like the shorts that played on the VHS or also in front of the movies when you went to go see them in theaters. Right. Because I was like, oh, because uh, I got the timing wrong and I accidentally watched Toy Story last week and I watched Toy Story 2 yesterday. Mm-hmm. And in Toy Story 2, there's the old man from the... Uh, chess game mm-hmm. yeah. is in that one and i was like oh we got to watch this and then we just went down a rabbit hole of watching all of those shorts that came before the movies they're so good yeah I'm okay with it. they do these just like short stories just so well they really do i have again like i don't know if it's just like the level of isolation or my mental state i have found <laughs> a reason to cry at every single pixar thing i've watched 
And like some of it makes sense. I'll watch like the beginning of Up and like obviously I'm crying about that. That's yeah. totally fine. But then we watched um, Finding Dory a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And at the very end, no, I'm sorry if this is a spoiler. No, we, we love spoilers. Story. Go for it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, at the very end, an octopus drives a truck full of fish <laughs> off a cliff. Yeah. Oh, I- classic burst into tears because i was like can you imagine just you know going for it just like not <laughs> outcome, but just putting yourself out there and really just going for it and my husband was like you need to sleep because that's an in- like that is an insane reason to cry no no good no. for you i remember i i'm a crier at movies but like when i was a kid i was a much bigger crier too i remember crying at the most ridiculous things. I remember one that like left me for hours crying because I couldn't handle it. Was there's an episode of Hey Arnold where he learns karate and then a guy asks him where the bus station is and he like rips all his clothes off by accident and then that man goes, "I just wanted to know where the bus station oh, was." Oh, and he realizes what he did. Yeah, literally Who he's become. Yeah, literally oh. hours of sobbing. I I had to wake my mom up in the middle of the night and be like, "I can't stop crying." <laughs> I like that's like one that's one variation of crying because I cry in a similar way about things. But another end of the spectrum, like the most illustrative story I can tell would be I once it was before I think it was Hurricane Sandy. My friend Rose came over to my house. My friend Rose and my friend Jonah, they came over to my house and they were like, I guess just had plans to camp there in a way that I was like, that was not my plan. But they showed up there. (laughs) And um, and like campfire grill and everything. (laughs) Well, just just came like. With, like, pajamas. And I was like, all right, I guess you're going to stay at my house. And they both immediately got incredibly stoned, which is, like, not my cup of tea. So it's just me and, like, them being incredibly stoned. And we started watching Wally. And my friend Rose, like, 17 minutes in after not really saying anything, she I just look over and she's, like, streaming tears. And she was like, so many people said yes to this. Mm -hmm. So many people said yes. And that is now a different brand of crying I do where I'm like, I cannot believe so many people collaborated and worked hard together and they did this thing and they poured themselves into it and they were like excited and they brought their creative all and they got to like build this universe together. And that's another thing I'll cry. Just like thinking about human hands being on a project and like building something together. Oh, what that's got to mean to like even when I, when I I don't do it. I don't watch the end of you know the credits. But if I I, I probably should because there has been times where I, I'm just like, wow. If you really really zone in on one person, how much that means to one person just to see their name. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like someone's mom is at Bunko talking about how their kid mm-hmm. worked on the graphics. Oh yeah. For- and like holding it on a tiny phone, being like looking for the freeze frame. That's it. That's my that's my son. That's my <laughs> yeah. That- like. Move the drive-thru along. Like at the- <laughs> it is honestly a miracle that any movie is good. Just because of how many people have to do a great job on it. And like really put their heart and soul into it is insane. But like on that scale, like it's a miracle <clears throat> that any movie is good. And by the same token, no movie will ever be bad to me because I'm like, I just can't believe you made it. Yeah. Really <laughs> you nice did it. job. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Group project. That's hard. I have so many unfinished projects right now that I'm just like, yeah, 100%. Yeah, you guys completed <laughs> it. You guys did a whole ending and everything. <laughs> this is why I do improv. I just have to show up like, yeah. that day. I don't have to yeah. prepare, prepare anything. Yeah, it's great. Oh, is this an admission that we don't need improv practice? Oh, God, no. We very. I need improv <laughs> practice more than I need the shows. <laughs> I'm grateful for it. Uh, yeah. I, oh God. 
Oh, hey, actually, here's something exciting. Um, I came up, uh, ooh, I am, sorry, total, we're going to go total side uh, brag for improv stuff. I am co-collaborating a new forum with uh, Jill Bernard in our 401 class, which is really fun. Um, because I went on a tangent and down a rabbit hole of kind of just being like, all right, short formy game, everybody like going into a scene, doing a stage picture that's like weird. Um you know, everyone, like, we always do those kind of games, like, pick something, whatever, and then, like, replace it. Somebody else decide what those things are going to be. But I was like, what if there was, like, an actual kind of Herald setup where it was, like, uh, the beats were simply based off of those three, like, distinct, very uh, picture frames or, like, stage pictures. Um, and, of course, because oh, I love Dream Tank so much, I'm like, what about flocking in between just to get the energy out of... And uh, I love flocking. It's fucking so perfect uh, for fu- fuck it, who cares? And then back to improv. <laughs> That's fun. Uh, but anyways, it was just like really exciting that I was just like, all right, cool. Yay. Making things that you haven't heard of or seen people do. Yay. That feels good. Um, I wonder so, yeah. if there was a team that uh, has done uh, that ever where they set up a scene. They set up the uh, the setting of a scene and then do that. I can't, I can't think of any team like, I don't know, like Matt Stevens or anything that could that uh, yeah. has ever set up the scene before the first scene. Wait, can I genuinely tell you? I was like, I can't think of a team. <laughs> what team did that? Single one. I just, I, I love the seeing the challenge of what people are going to do with the same thing. Oh, that's so fun. Oh, I miss it. That's so fun. I, wait, miss it? When? Wait, when's the last time you've you've done improv? I, I know I did improv and you just miss it still December. collectively. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think I think I miss improv in the sense of like I miss having a place to go where then everyone hangs where everybody knows your name. Yeah, you know? yeah, I know. And then you hang out after and like yeah. at the not to be an old timer, but like at the, at the height of my day, like mm-hmm. you like I would leave work and go straight to improv and yep. do like. Maybe two, maybe three shows in a night, stay for a jam, stay to watch a show. I would skip yep. across town and do a show at a different venue. And then I would go to a bar and then I would somehow go home and go to bed and wake up and go to work the next day, which is very different than my life now where I go to bed at nine o'clock. I love, I do 930 right now. <laughs> so it's not the worst. It's just different. It's, it's just, just different. It's just, it's just different. a different pace. Yeah. yeah. Oh, like, yeah. I'm just nostalgic for the, for the old stuff. Yeah. When, when Kai and I first started doing improv, we were staying out till like, 2 a.m. because it would be like uh, on like a Tuesday because we wanted to see Hoffman that night and then hang out at the bar afterward. I would say most nights uh, my money was coming from Lyft driving. I would just be like, I want to stop making money even though I need it to live. Hey, Jim, do you want to put pants on and go see a show right now? And he'd be go, yes, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I will do that. <laughs> I, there's there's a lot of times that people just like, I would just go to the show by myself. And then I just be like, oh, here's nine people that I know. Yeah. That was it. I would just like roll up and I'd be like, I don't know who's going to be here. You'd, yeah. you'd find out because of their laugh. They'd just like be in the audience. They're like, oh, <laughs> hey, shit. I know that person. Yeah. I, I, there's very many times I've been like, hmm, Nate May's here. Or like, uh, oh, like, I Ke- do remember. Kelso's here, yeah. <laughs> oh, Kelso's here is the easiest one. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if someone from Daddy Issues is on stage. They will, every time, <laughs> I, I'm like, oh, Kelso. Oh, how comforting though. It's <laughs> so lovely. Well, mm-hmm. it, it made me feel proud. I think even just at like our first show, because uh, at the time, Kelso was our coach. And it was like, you know, 
the original five daddies doing our first show, uh, you know, and it was a big deal uh, to get like a, a thing that I did that just got one laugh and it was Kelso. I was like, yeah, it's, that's what I wanted. That's it's enough. That's the show. When you make the one, like one of your favorite people laugh and you know who it was in the audience, that's that's all you want. But that was like the, if you ever got like a silent Marbeck laugh, like if Marby laughed at you and it's so quiet, you really have to have your ears attuned to it. It's like a different frequency. Yeah. But it's like, I, yeah, I just want that silent chuckle. That's it. I'll tell you. I, I was happy to take a that's funny <laughs> high praise yeah high praise i was like thank you thank you i am glad that was humorous like, yes, I, I, <laughs> go home write it in your diary that's yeah. like I, I did it i sat next to him door to show one time and it was like an hour of silence but in that at one point <laughs> he laughed at a joke that keen cobb said and i remember it being like Keen came out and was like, I've got Cheetos all over my fingers. And he was like, ha, ha. <laughs> and I was like, that was it? Uh-huh. <laughs> We're I, when him I... sound so intense. I can't wait to get him on the podcast at some point. And just, <laughs> and what, and just have, like, it, have yourself proved right because he will be oh, so intense. Oh, yeah. Me and Jim say nothing for an hour and a half. <laughs> he, when, he, when I auditioned for my first house team, he cast me. And I thought he hated me so much during the audition that when I found out he cast me, I emailed him to confirm that he meant to cast me like i was like are you sure you didn't mix up my name with a different person's name because there's just absolutely no way that you meant to cast me i i appreciate those those though i have had friends that like i find out a year after being like i had a coworker. i'm like we worked together for a year and i was leaving the company and they're like hey i got you a parting gift and i was like why i thought you always hated me and it's no some people are just quiet some people just value you silently <laughs> It's yeah. hard to understand sometimes. I'm a very noisy person. So I'm just like, if you're not openly talking and hugging me, I just don't yeah. understand. Why are, you, why are you lifting up my shirt, slapping my belly, and telling me you love me? <laughs> <laughs> That's a clear signal to me. <laughs> <laughs> Speak my language. Especially in the workplace. <laughs> Let me know. Classic water cooler antics. <laughs> I'll tell you. <laughs> oh. Uh, I, I do remember, I, I've heard, because I've, I've actually never uh, spoken with Mike before, uh, but from my understanding is he doesn't laugh a lot when you do scenes in front of him, but he does find things funny and because he has a very high respect for comedy kind of guy. Yes. And it's also very satisfying because when he does, like, I've seen him laugh very hard at things and that is just like, you're like, oh my gosh. This is like priceless because you know it doesn't happen very often. And when he gets like very giggly, it's just like it's like a little baby laughing. It's the best. Mm. <laughs> it is always interesting to me the things that make the people who don't laugh laugh. Like I, I, I'm very curious what has tickled his fancy. Like the things that would do it to him. I feel like that's that would make me a bad teacher because I'd laugh at everybody's thing. Even uncomfortably, when someone does something problematic, I'm like, uh, oh, oh, no, I uh, take my laugh back. Oh, well, <laughs> I mean, I had Nick Gillette as a teacher, and Nick Gillette laughs at everything. He's yeah, a big I can't, laughing guy. I'm just like ready to laugh. Like I'm already like ready to jump over the line when they're like, let's do the laughs. That's my same like Wally mentality of just like I can't believe so many people said yes to this. I'm like I am just so proud of people for getting up there and putting mm -hmm. themselves out there that like. I, in class, I especially laugh, but also I have the really bad habit during like um, any kind of stand-up set or any performance or like anything where someone's solo, I will make eye contact almost immediately and I yep. will be so smiley and laughy that then the person locks on to me and I'm either going to get made fun of or I can't break eye contact. It is 
the worst. It's a habit I'm really trying to break. We need to spread out. I'm the same. So let's go to a comedy show and then just like really split them. You know, they have they like, oh, wow, both sides of the room. They're loving it. Both of these people can't get enough of me. I have to switch back and forth for my attention. Oh, Oh, yeah, no, I, I, I can't help but try to be that supportive person as well. But uh, that is the worst all of a sudden when you find yourself laughing at something that clearly nobody else thought was a good idea. Yeah. Or like you said, like, or it's something like problematic. that You're like, I don't actually think this is funny. I am trying to stop my very social face from implying that it's all right. Well, that's when you stand up <laughs> in front of a whole audience or your friends. <laughs> just want to be very clear. <laughs> I have a nervous laughter thing. <laughs> I just can't help thinking about how this person used to be a baby and they're probably <laughs> to be embarrassed, but I don't condone what they're saying. Someone please take me home. Like, that's it. <laughs> I didn't drive here. I need someone to take me home. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, I. Oh, go ahead, Jim. No, you know, I, I was going to try and form the sentence as uh, it was coming out of me. You, you say your full, full <laughs> I just, thought. I, I don't do this a lot. Uh, I haven't done it for a lot of episodes, but I definitely put some questions that I, I kind of wanted to pick your brain and get your, your, your thoughts on, if that's okay. I'm ready. Cool. Uh, one being, when did dinosaur toys, or when did dinosaurs stop being cool? <sighs> you think on average for most people? Like, what's the median age for, like, I'm done with dinosaurs? Excellent, excellent question. I'm going to say... Next question, please. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, it's okay you still like dinosaurs. I think that's great. I, that's what I love about you. You're fine. I when I was like... four, I asked my parents to change my name to dinosaur. Please, uh, question. <gasps> you asked your parents? Oh, my gosh. That would be so adorable. I totally did that when I was, like, four or five years old. Um, I recently, as in, like, on Monday, I, I found out my friend led me to, like, an astrology site. And it's, like, it's called, like, Primal Astrology. And you put in your birthday and it tells you what your animal is. And mine is a gecko. Um yes. Whoa. which I guess like fine, but I was sure. telling my husband about it and he was like, well, let's look up mine. And I looked it up and I was like, here's going to be something cool. And he was like, do you want to know what it is? And I was like, yeah, it's going to be like a panther or something. He's a T-Rex. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah. He's a T-Rex and I'm a freaking gecko. Yeah, but you can, that's a TV show I'd watch, especially if you're like, you know, you're, you're fond of one another. That that's an adventure show that I want to, I'm here for. That's a good spin. That's a way yeah. I should think about it instead of yeah. being like, oh, I would be eaten by my own husband immediately. Yeah, well, oh. I mean, hopefully you're not afraid of heights, but I mean, honestly, if you just hang on the shoulder, doesn't have long enough arms to really grab you off. You know, you could tr really hold on strong. You're fine up there. Just be like in his ear whispering about stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I go, think... go left, go right. Which right? <laughs> <laughs> he can't hold his arms up enough to figure out the L and the R, but your head of hand doesn't make an R, it just makes a backwards L. <laughs> It'd be so convenient if we were designed to have a hand that makes an L and a hand that makes an R. <sighs> also, dinosaurs don't have opposable thumbs. They can't make the L. Uh, <laughs> God, I, oh, I never think about dinosaurs' thumbs, but here we are. I think, <laughs> I think that dinosaurs um, start to fade by nine. They really fade by ten. I think you get into, and there's bigger fish to fry. I think prime dinosaur time is like first, second grade. So like six, seven, eight. I think that's your prime dino time. Yeah. Nah, and then they start to right. fade. I'm just worried because I, I have a nephew, uh, you know, he's seven, eight. I should probably keep track of that. Somewhere in there. When's it going to go? When's it going to fade out? Um, you know, well, I don't know. It's hard I don't know. to tell. Kids, kids, kids are their own people and they end up being their own weirdos. And they end up either holding on to things for oh, a really oh. long time that you're like, what is happening? 
Yeah, I'd usually latch onto one thing and zone in on it pretty hard. So, I mean, you hop from thing to thing. You, you try out a bunch of different stuff. Yeah. 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 Then maybe it becomes their personality. They become a paleontologist. It could happen. Yeah. If you listen um, to any uh, uh, young adult fiction, that's how it happens. They, they uh, children find a thing and then they're that forever. Yeah, which then for the rest of us, it's like, okay, well, I didn't find my thing. Now I'm 30. What am I doing? That's mm-hmm. how I always felt when I read those books. So they were like, she always loved dolphins. So now she's a dolphin trainer. I'm like, yeah. well, Jesus, what? What do yeah. I like? Sleep? <laughs> I did always like sleep. I, I think I, I didn't find a profession. I think I just, I actually, no, it actually works well with improvising. Um, I just, I focus more on just liking that everyone was having a good time, that everyone was all right. You know, like, is everyone here good? All right, cool. Then that's that's the job I like to do. I didn't I didn't really think about that stuff. I didn't want to do like once I got into the miss, you know, once the whoop got into my head was like, go to New York, be a big, successful graphic designer, get a, you know, a half, yeah, yeah, look, listen to me. Look, all when right, you say hey. just when you say the whoop, you mean your teacher, right? Yeah, yeah Mrs. She got, she, the whoop was like, look. <laughs> You're gonna go to the school of visual arts. You're gonna be this. Mo- you're gonna be my prodigy. I was her favorite student, undoubtedly. So like, she wanted to see me succeed there. Sorry, whoop. I dropped out. Uh, if you're listening, and indeed not dead, <laughs> 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 um, I did go back to school, and your dream for me will continue. Um, yeah. I will complete my degree and get it done just for you. <laughs> um, well, I was thinking about the whoop. I got distracted and thinking about. We're thinking just like life paths. Like I was so certain that you had to pick yeah. a thing when you were little. Like right. I was so certain because I was like, they will write about you in parade, the insert that comes with your Sunday paper. They will write the little blurb about you. And it mm-hmm. has to be like from the time she was two, all she did was weld. And then I am a welder <laughs> being written up in a thing. Like I thought you had to pick your thing. And so I was always like very stressed out about not having picked my thing. I remain stressed by it. <laughs> Why don't you just do like a jib jab level kind of thing where you just get your face on like the, like that, just anything you want to pretend that like you did at a young age, just get a jib jab for it. I just like pay some actors to be like, I'm her aunt. And she did, <laughs> she did love it. She was always dealing with hot, hot metal. <laughs> that was her. <laughs> oh, I did actually have to, uh, I had to lie to. Uh, I didn't lie. Okay, I don't know if I get in trouble for this, but I, I got an I can't ADHD. Find out who you lied to. I don't know. It's <gasps> fine. I, I encouraged my sister to lie. Uh, I recently got diagnosed with ADHD officially. Wow, surprise! I've known all along, but now I've got my official. I had to go through like two different tests, but one of them was like making my sister have to try to remember my me from ages five to twelve. Right, and that's a really yeah, and only she's five years older. So what's that? So You're, that's. What's you're, up? You're me? Like, you're on, like, your we? No, had to remember me from... Oh, I thought you said you're me. Like, you're me from the, like, from the me version. Okay. Well, it's okay. You can continue with your story. No, that's fine. Uh, no, she just had to remember, like, who I was, like, from, from those, like, times. But, like... I was like, I know I have ADHD, and a bunch of them that she just, were you kind of fidgety? I was like, yeah, yeah, super fidgety. Like, just make that a three. You know, just like... <laughs> like How was that the test? I, I mean, it was that. I had to do a lot of... I had to do, like, 
uh, circle questions about like strongly agree about uh well let's see interrupting other people and really rushing to get my idea out there um uh random outbursts of rage that's a fun one I had to work on that over my adult life yeah it's great i don't really yell at people often it's wonderful you just got to stop doing it don't take it out on people um, Caitlin is currently making the face that everyone in the world uh, should be making, which is you, Kai. Oh, me with rage problems? Yeah, no, I used to absolutely. I used to yell a lot, but uh, no, I don't really. I don't do it. I've said like you know, fucking Happy Wednesday or like something stupid to like get it out the same level of like anger. Um, but yeah, I don't really. I don't really like following that need for snippiness. Instead, I'm really trying to like take a second to calm down. Um, <laughs> It's not a fun feeling to like be like to not in control of uh, those kind of emotions, but you 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 can be in control of them. Um, so yeah, I've been doing it on my own, but uh, I I cannot believe it took this long for someone to be like, you might want to check into that and get a hundred percent on that one. Um, yeah, I was over there thinking about uh, like I look back and I'm like, oh yeah, no, I was definitely in class thinking about dinosaurs, playing my like. Uh, uh, Game Boy at the same time, well, kind of learning math, but not really. Um, you know, mm-hmm. what color was your Game Boy? Uh, turquoise. <gasps> Mine was yeah. turquoise. Oh, had to be. Uh, well, this was a yeah, this was a oh, it's, well, they're not the Game Boy Classics. They're Game Boy Mini. Is that what they're called? Yeah, they're like little rocket. I only played Tetris. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Wait, wow. Are you are we, are we talking about the Game Boy which had Tetris which was like the size of a brick or Game Boy Color which came Game out Boy, a little Game bit Boy later? Color. I said yeah. Game Boy Mini I was doing like iPod shit. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. We're doing things with our hands as if this is an audio only podcast. Yeah, it's like this big. <laughs> I say math because if you remember a T9 calculator, you can sneak one in just perfectly inside of it. Yes, we did know about that too. What? Yeah. We we did that a lot. I had I had a turquoise one and I put um, pink star stickers on it and I had a pink like curly Q light that you plugged in the side and I only played I played the first level of Frogger and then I played Tetris. Nice. Oh, my proficiency with video games. My sister and I played that Frogger game so much too. It was a real. It's it's so fun. (laughs) No, you go to like a barcade. It's a solid go to. I can't get past the first level, so I don't know how fun it is. Oh, we got to the lava level. Didn't even know there was a lava level. We had a. I think it was a different game of Frogger we played. Uh, I'm on the street just trying to get across like three lanes and being like, nope. I don't have a competitive spirit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I come from a very competitive family, but somehow I ended up very not competitive about things. Just like everyone else is like, I can't stand you playing Monopoly. And I'm just like, yeah, I'll give you like 20 bucks. Go ahead. That's why I remain like the worst. I, I roll with a board game crew right now. They're really mm-hmm. into board games. And everybody hates to be my partner because I just do not give a shit if yeah. we win. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what happens if we win? We get money? Oh, no, we just win? <laughs> no, I don't care. Boulder Dash? Yes. I think so, yeah. It's Long like, ago, I don't remember. It's kind of like a, everyone writes a suggestion, throw it in there. You're trying to get everyone to believe that your answer is the real answer. It's like trivia questions, but you also need to bluff and make people believe yours is the thing. My dad would always intentionally just be like, a fish, a ball. <laughs> um, but then my favorite bit that started is... For no reason, everyone just started answering, it's the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> it was not Christmas. <laughs> it just became the, like, the, I don't like this question. I don't, I give up. I'm putting, it's the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> <laughs> 
I played um, I played categories with my mother in law recently, and uh, we were going over the game. Have you played categories before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. there's twelve different categories, and then you roll a little die, and you get a letter, and you're timed, and you come up with an answer for each of the categories. So we roll the die. It's an A, and the first category is like a boy's name, and then it's like a fruit, blah, 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 whatever. Time it. Yeah. Go, at the at the end of it, it's like all right, let's go around your answers. Everyone's going around saying a boy's name all around, and we get to my mother in law. <laughs> she goes, "Did you all just write one?" And we were like, yeah, you just write one. And she's like, oh, I misunderstood. I wrote 12 boys' names that start with A. She thought each category was one round. Like, you would have oh, wow. It was really impressive. I thought she should win. Yeah, no, that's solid. That's yeah. Points. Yeah. Just you're like, game? you're done. Everyone pack up, go home. <laughs> game that's over. <laughs> my kind I, of game night. Yeah. Yeah. It is 8.30. Get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> I the way I always played categories, which my dad usually doesn't play board games with us, and recently we found out why, and that's because he will crush us in every game with no effort whatsoever. He just came in one day and was like, "Categories, you know, when you play categories, you maybe get like six of them if you're if you had a pretty good round, mm-hmm. like, uh, and you end up with two points because everyone also said gecko." Um, <laughs> good. But uh, good improv, Jim. Could have been any word you you could use anything. <laughs> Thank you. I I don't know where I got it from. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But my dad, every round, got all twelve of them, <gasps> and like all of them were the exact right answer that like no one else was thinking wow. of. And you're just like, great, thanks, Dad. You are the best. Uh, I love you, which is all true things. But <laughs> for me, that game became. Okay, let's see if I can write all things in. And then the rest of them are just name random words that start with that and see if I can justify them well enough in the round. And I never am able to justify them. But it's a fun exercise. Yeah, Yeah. it's definitely that game. Wordle is a new game that makes me think, did I go to school? Do I know how to read? What's a word? (laughs) Like, can't do it at all. And I think that's very fun. And then also my other thing that makes me feel incredibly stupid, the future is full of so many very smart people who know like Latin and somehow learned about like Greek mythology. And I maybe was a potato for the first 18 years of my life. Like I don't remember learning (laughs) any of that. And we went to him in Edmonton in Canada. We went to a board game cafe and played like something that's called like super smart trivia and they all crushed it It was like geography i was like i don't even know the names of a a country and i went into such a deep like inward funk during it being like i am the worst game partner i am (laughs) how did all these people get so smart and then Mm -hmm. we went to an escape room that was so scary i cried (laughs) and it was like a dark day in canada I would cry in an escape room. I don't think that's an appropriate place to do that, actually. <laughs> Even if it was asylum, and they put us in straitjackets to start. Ooh, okay. No, 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 no. It's a little different because, yeah, I would get very claustrophobic in that environment. So scary. The teen who put me in the straitjacket, I started crying as as the teen was putting the straitjacket on me, and the other teen was explaining the rules. And the first teen had to get paper towels and bring them over and dab my face because I couldn't reach my face. Oh, no, no. <laughs> oh, that actually makes me think of a question I forgot to ask earlier. You said you cried a lot. What movie during Toy Story actually made you cry? Did one oh, get what, you? Me, during this one? Hmm. I don't know if there's any in this one. I... I mean, all of the other ones, there's there's definitely parts that, yeah. that get me that, that are like total gut punch moments. I don't know mm-hmm. if in the first one there is any. I, there is a part that I find unsettling. Ooh. Go ahead. Okay. Let me try this on for a size. Let me see how you feel. 
watching this as a child, I think you relate to the toys more because you're like, I play with toys. This, this, this is like my world. Yeah. Watching it now as an adult and as a parent, I obviously relate to more of the parent angle. And I think this is a horrifying concept for a movie from mm-hmm. a parent angle because it implies a universe in which I I think there is I think there is no way that that Andy's mom doesn't know the toys are moving. She's known for yeah. years. Well, she's absolutely known. Yeah. And I think she has to ignore it. I think for her mm. own safety and for the safety of her children, because I don't know what would happen if the toys found out that she knew. This is a separate part. I want to put no, it. No, I like in. this. No, no, no. But this the, is good. But the first part of it is like, like my daughter has toys. I put them away at night or like I, we play with them throughout the day. I would, I would absolutely know. And Andy doesn't have a ton of toys. Andy has like maybe less than the average kid has for toys by today's standards. I think there's no way that his mom is not aware of them moving. If, if Woody was on the bed and now he's like slightly under a pillow, right? I would, I would know that. And it would freak me out. And I think it would be this weird, like stalemate thing where I'm like, well, we both know that the other person knows the toys and Andy's mom. I mean, just can't say anything. Yeah. It, like the part where she steps on the army men. You yeah, hundred percent. She she was like, "Oh, Andy's keeping these. Uh, keeps uh, keeps uh, won't put these away." It's like she walked in that hallway. You know, like oh, ten minute. seconds ago. She you knows. You came from the room where pe- all the people are. Yeah. So, like, maybe the best case scenario, which is still not the best case scenario, she's just at any given time being like completely gaslit, where she's like, "How did I not recognize these toys were here before?" Oh my God, was I so unaware? Am I so preoccupied by my single motherhood and by the move and by Andy's birthday that I don't even recognize when there are army men on the floor? They weren't here a second ago or didn't see. Like, there's either she, it's either crazy making or she's living in a world in which she's slightly a prisoner in her own home that is <laughs> run by toys. Right, right, right. There is a backstory where we're going to find out in Toy Story 5 that, yeah, they, they, they're controlling everything. Yeah. They're the ones running the whole universe. Well, because the other pin that I want to put in, that I put in earlier, and I'm picking the pin back out. It was a post-it. <laughs> it was a post-it of the mind, and I'm taking it off the corkboard of the mind <laughs> to talk about it, is, so at one point in this movie, the toys decide that they are going to, they, they live by a code in which they refuse to show their, their aliveness to right. children or adults, mm-hmm. and they decide that they can forego this code to mess with Sid and get Sid to to back off the toys. So this is this is revealing to me in that it's not that they can't be alive in front of people, it's that they choose not to be alive in front of people because right. of some higher code, but it seems self-imposed. And I'm wondering what the consequences of that code are. Like who's who's mm. imposed this code? Is it universal? What are the consequences if they do choose to reveal themselves? And who's to say that one day they might just be like, fuck it. Yeah, logically, all the toys in the the world are following this code, just yeah. on on par with each other, right? And why? And there why is... would there not be an overthrowing of the world? Like, there's so I, many toys. Well, and honestly, who better than uh, Woody, who's already a dictator, to get it going? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so that does bring up a very common plot hole of the movie, uh, like uh, of the, of the movie, the flawless movie. Yeah, um, of course, hundred percent. Otherwise, but, flawless otherwise flawless why does buzz like pass out whenever uh andy comes in he doesn't think he's a toy or yeah he doesn't think he's a toy he's a space he thinks he's a space ranger and he also acknowledges that andy is the leader why hasn't he tried to speak to the leader yeah that makes no sense wow it is like it's one of those like bizarre things that let's be honest it's a kid's movie who cares but like (laughs) 
Well, don't I, worry. This Jim. is one of those like, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really, I'm not going to overthink the magic of the universe. But that is a very common uh, theme in this movie. You'll find out in the prequel because uh, Buzz Year, uh, Buzz Lightyear, Buzz Year, Lightyear, <laughs> Lightyear. I think it's just called Lightyear. That's what it is. Uh, it's coming out in 2022. Buzz and it's Year. Like, That's it. Buzz it's Chris, Chris Evans is going to be the new Buzz, uh, and it's great. Yeah, it's done very like it is animated very differently. Uh, Got to watch the trailer at some point. It is going to be something weird. Highly encourage checking that out with your life. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna flip around, Kyrie. Your question back back to mm-hmm. both of you. What what is your relationship with the Toy Story franchise? Sure. Uh, I said this before we got in here that I've I saw the first one in real uh, in theaters. And I really blacked out most of my childhood. I do not remember a lot of it. Um, but I do remember the excitement of being like, is that what happens with my toys? And not the fear of it, but rather that that's so cool. Like, but they got like, you know, kind of like wink, wink toys. I know you guys are doing that. That's fine. Like, I'm with you guys. You guys live your life. Be animated when I'm not paying attention. I'm cool with it. Very interesting that you were excited by this. Jim, were you excited by the prospect of your toys? Did you see this as a child, or were you excited by the prospect of your toys being alive? So this was the first movie that I would ever call my favorite movie. <gasps> this, I watched this hundreds of times. I this was this was one of my movies. I in fact one of my very first memories is me holding the VHS copy of uh, Toy Story and knowing it says Toy Story, but I can't read, so mm-hmm. I don't know that it says Toy Story. My aunt gave it to me. My Aunt Kathy, I think. Awesome. I, maybe. It's been 30 years. Well, I'm going to fact could check. Could someone else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's on call Jim's my, Wikipedia. <laughs> call up my Aunt Kathy. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> She'll talk. She doesn't care. She did loves you, talking to people. Did you like the idea that your toys would possibly be alive when you're not in the room? Yeah, especially since I had all these toys. Yeah. I, I had every single one of these. This is going to be very revealing about the type of child that I was. I was I was excited but slightly fearful and the the result of this movie was that I then spoke to my toys yeah. but I was very aware one of my greatest fears completely unfounded based on absolutely nothing sure. was that uh one the toys would try to kill me. Yeah. Yeah. Toys would try to kill me or well, the Chucky toys... also exists in the same universe of all of us like our life. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's one of those things I was raised uh in like my parents were very locked down on the things we were allowed to watch and the things we were allowed to like see. But I knew, so like, I didn't know what Chucky was, but I knew peripherally like that some people thought dolls were scary. I had a crazy porcelain doll collection. So I had like a bajillion porcelain dolls in my room and seeing, (laughs) and seeing Toy Story and the idea that they could be alive made me like, I had all these stuffed animals on my bed and I used to just hug a couple at night, but Mm -hmm. I started a schedule where I would rotate them out so that I wasn't leaving anyone out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was making oh. sure that everyone got it. I would say goodnight to all the stuffed it. animals to make sure I, no one was feeling left out because I was certain that if I didn't, I, one of them would sneak a knife up from the kitchen and they would mm-hmm. cut the back of my ankles and I oh, wouldn't be able to run away. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's you the- You watched Pet Cemetery by accident as a kid? Yeah. No, no, I've watched no scary things and this is why I can't watch scary things because my mind is already like, well, if I'm not very, very polite to these inanimate objects, who knows when they're going to come for me? I, I respect that. I actually think that's uh, my, oh my God, my little kid brain would do that stuff all the time. I think I talked about it once on the episode. Jim, can I get a celebrity? Oh, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Great. So Why do I keep going to Aaron uh, Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers. 
did this thing where she like jumped out on uh out of a uh closet uh while I was in the bathroom taking a poop when I was a kid. It was my sister's friend and scared the crap out of me, literally. Uh so I from then on would check like drawers that were like super tiny for anybody. There was I, like there was yep. one time where an outlet was getting uh fixed and like the outlet was out in the closet and you could see into the other room my fucking nightmare i'm like they're gonna like put like mirrors at certain angles they're gonna look someone's gonna find a way to invade my privacy but little kid brain you're just like gotta find a way look inside like like, yeah the little like it could um, be in the toilet the little (laughs) drain hole at the bottom of like my grandparents pool Mm -hmm. i was like shark come through there (laughs) yeah i'm sure of it Santa goes down chimney. Shark comes up out of the. I I know these how these things work. I don't know what shark bones are like. I don't know if they're kind of jelly. They can squish them on up there. Yeah, I don't they know could if be the like shark an has a button and then the the thing opens. I, listen, I'm not gonna have egg on my face get eaten by a shark in this. <laughs> I um, <laughs> my my sister uh did the same thing to me where I was a bright faced little child. Uh, cried a lot, but I was a bright faced little child, very innocent. And then one day my sister came out from, from behind a door and scared me. And I've never trusted doors since yeah. any, yeah. any to this day, I still kind of like go into rooms like, and what's going on well, in here. Okay. We're safe. I was actually just going to say, what's your, uh, what's your take on uh, screen doors? Uh, screen doors are cool because I can see through them and I can trust them. But um <laughs> <laughs> Great. Screen but, doors are a door that builds trust. <laughs> which... um, I I just remembered something. Like you unlocked a memory that I realized. Um, I remember I had. Hold like, on, wait, that... real quick, uh, folks. We're gonna go to a commercial real quick. I'm still. That's B. You're Jeesh. Welcome to Insomniac Snack. So good to see you. And now the midnight bite. <laughs> You start the car, you go in the house, you jerk it, and if it's not warmed up when you're done, you got your zippy. You got, hey, you gotta warm up your car, you might as well get yourself warmed up too. Insomniac Snack can be found everywhere you get your pods. Uh, don't eat meat in a bag. I don't what? eat meat in a bag, I won't eat meat in a box. I'm like, oh, you know, I'll drink the milk in a couple days past the date that's on there. But for whatever reason, I'm like... (laughs) Have you gone yet? No? Why not? Head on over. All links can be found at www.insomniacsnap.com. Wake the fuck up. Childhood. Remember that? You could walk down the street, you could get an ice cream cone, you could go to school, you could do homework for five hours, and then lament about the fact that you're wasting your youth. Hi, I'm Ross. I'm the host of Kid Flicks. It's the podcast where adults try to definitively rank every kid's movie ever made. We've covered more than 150 different movies, including all four of the Shrek movies, including Shrek 2, which we reviewed in two different episodes. Definitely give us a listeny listeny and subscribe wherever you get podcasts, unless you get podcasts from that creepy guy down the street. Don't let him open his trench coat. There's no podcasts in there. But seriously, give us a listen, won't you? Kid Flicks, it's a podcast. 
Hey everybody, Kai Bobby here, the other host. Uh, as some of you know, uh, we do have a couple tiers available on our Patreon, one of which is the Captain's Log, and not only do you have the power to vote uh, for upcoming franchises, and also the uh, access to early episodes and bonus episodes, you also get to promote whatever the hell you want, as long as it's not a cult. Uh, that is a hard rule, we have not made other rules, so uh, I guess give us a reason to make new rules. Uh, Crimson is so wonderful that he has encouraged me to use this time to promote my cat's GoFundMe. Unfortunately, my little buddy Oliver had to have his dick cut off. Yeah. Sometimes cats can't go to the bathroom, and then you gotta cut their dicks off. So, if you happen to have some dollars on you, uh, feel free to check out the GoFundMe available on our Instagram, uh, and also probably in the description for how you got here on some sort of listening platform. Aside from that, consider maybe joining our son Patreon, a dollar a month, one way to help pay for a cat's dick operation, but also help us make really difficult decisions like should we watch every single Jaws, or should we do every single Land Before Time movie? We can't make these decisions on our own. Thank you so much, Crimson. Without further ado, let's get back to the show. Okay. Uh, we're back. I, we're back. <laughs> I just needed a spot for it. <laughs> That's Seems a like cliffhanger. A, yeah, 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 what's going on, Jim? What, what's going on? I, I, I had the whole ordeal with my sister uh, standing behind a door and scaring me. And that scared the bejesus out of me. And then I started, like, getting over that fear. And then I saw this, like, TV show where it was like, oh, top 100 scariest things to ever happen in a movie. And they showed a clip from a movie that, to this day, I still haven't seen. I've watched uh, quite a few movies of a guy. I think it was a vampire. uh, Like, hanging out in the top corner of a room and a guy walking in just like oh do, 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 mm. what a nice day at work i had i'll just hang up my coat and then he's i'm like that guy's gonna get dead that guy's gonna get killed by uh that vampire you're gonna get dead i in. saw it yeah it's it's like a two second clip i saw and i'll never forget it it is so weird how those things stick and it then it becomes like a part of your everyday life i have similar things and it also becomes a thing where like i think about that sometimes like i think about dexter and how he would kind of like it, it's from that TV show, Dexter. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. We've talked like, about it on the podcast. I was on a, like, yeah, I watched every episode. I even watched New Blood. So, yes, I've done the Dexter. Well, so, like, he would, like, kind of hang in the shadows of a hall. So, you would, like, it, like in, in an area you wouldn't look at. I don't mm. know. I'm just thinking about clips I've seen that have changed the way I interact with spaces and the way I, like, check things. And I mm-hmm. also think about, like, Keelan, if you checked and you saw a vampire up in the corner, yeah. what would that change? Would you, would I try to fight the vampire? How would that go? Or do I just expect the vampire to be like, oh, you saw me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, you're like, I'm going to kill you now because you caught me. You bested me again, Caitlin. (laughs) So if you're hanging out with your kids watching Toy Story, uh, or what is it? Oh, geez. I just, I don't know why I wanted to combine Weekend at Bernie's with Toy Story. Um, (laughs) The first thing I tried to make happen didn't quite get there. But if you're hanging out and watching uh, one of the many chaotic uh, short films of Toy Story with your family and like a vampire's just in the corner, you're just going to be like, fuck it. Back to the show. Let's, let's, let's watch more. What's the other option? Invite them to dinner, I suppose, or something. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Would you like to have a nice meal? (laughs) Would you like to watch the movie? Like, yes, that's all I have for (laughs) watching. I'm up here because I'm scared of the choice. (laughs) 
would you like to die? And then I like, and then I like kind of puppet you around so that we have fun at the party on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, I, I was just talking to uh, Frank because he's a, a daddy issues uh, coach. Uh, I was just talking to Frank about the time Pet Stevens did a scene, one of my favorite scenes, which was a <laughs> a campground where uh, all the children were slowly dying off, and then Frank, as the as the um, the camp counselor, had to like make it seem like they were all still alive so that no one found out. And by the end of the scene, all of the children were dead. So he was doing this <laughs> this dog and pony show for literally nothing. <laughs> One of my favorite, oh. and I, I told Frank about that, and he went, you know, I'm going to pat my back. Not many people can do dead children scenes. <laughs> yeah. So I have to, I have to actually, I'll, I'll have to take it out, but in his 401 or 5, no, it's like, it was like basically 501. I took the, what do we call it? Diagnostics? Oh, diagnostics. Oh, sure. Yeah. I took a class with Frank, and somehow, I'm not proud of it, me and uh, uh, a person, uh, oh, we'll still leave the story and leave it vague, they'll never know. Jim, can I get a celebrity? I don't say Aaron Rodgers again. Okay, uh, uh, <laughs> Caitlin, can I get a celebrity? Okay, thank you so much. <laughs> so, me and Della Reese are, uh, are like doing an improv scene, and we're like, wouldn't it be great if we did like a school shooting scene accidentally? Right. Guns in schools is never a good scene, mm. you know, when it happens. He let it go a little longer than he probably should have because of the way we handled it and did it. Um, because it was like a little bit of like a, no, you die first. No, you die first. Like, and we shouldn't have been in it. But you know when like, you're somebody call this slash we should have called it kind of yeah. situation? Where I was like, is there like an agreement trap where you're like, well, we're just... It didn't start that way, you know what I mean? Like when it's literally like a great scene and you're in it, and all of a sudden you're like, and then there's one sentence that accidentally just changed the whole perspective on the scene, and now we're in this situation, and you're like, all right, we get one or two funny little statements, and then we need to get the fuck out of this scene, and it's over. Um, mm -hmm. I've seen people come back from, you know, we yeah. If you can do dead kids on <laughs> uh, on stage, that's where I'll come back into the episode. If you can, if we can do dead kids <laughs> on stage as an improviser. You got, you're good. You're doing I had, good. I had a student once with an incredible skill that I think we should all practice who he would consistently call his own scenes. He would say, <laughs> say the button and then be like, hey, and like, run the front of his own scene. And I was like, this is, I can't, I don't know how many times I can note you before. I'm just like, this is just what you do. And this is your life. And I'm like, yeah, I wish I could bust that out more often. I'm just like, Hey! We'll do a Zolo show and then pretend like no <laughs> one sees you. You still move off to the side, right? And then sideline it for a quick second. All right, next one. All right. <laughs> I don't hate that idea. Um, I say go for it. I would see that one person show. Absolutely. I, uh, I, yeah. I, I, I used to do the button. Uh, again, I started a sentence and I was like, I'll figure this out by the time we get to the end of it. Got it. You got it. Uh, You're an improviser. You got it. Yeah, I was the button person in the early days of daddy issues where I would say things where it was like, and that's the end of the scene. And everyone would be like, yeah, that was the end of the scene. Like, I've said the punchline. Goodbye, mm -hmm. everybody. Ra -da 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 -da. Da. Good day. Good day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I'll ever be that person. I think I'm the person's like, someone please end this scene. I'm always looking for you. Please come save me. <laughs> I will I will talk forever. I need Rob O'Neill to come on and do the button because otherwise I will just talk endlessly. <laughs> I 
I remember there was a scene I did because it was 201 and it was a first, it was like second time on stage for most people. And that's 201 is when you learn how to do editing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was in like the first scene and it went on for five, six, seven minutes as a 201 person. I said maybe 10 buttons in that scene that was like clearly me trying to end the scene. Like I remember one point, it was like a doctor's office scene. And I remember being like, well, you can go to the front desk and pay your bill. Goodbye. (laughs) But he like cut the scene and we were like, and the (laughs) other person was like, but I don't have any money. And I was like, oh, Jesus. Here we go again. What's the, what's the next conflict we can come up with? What's the next problem to solve? Yeah. I, I love whenever someone in a scene goes, well, it's definitely the sign that this, the scene should keep going. It's not over at all. <laughs> no one's tired. You just keep it trucking. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was, it was insane. I remember someone danced at some point because we were just like, I'm out of things to do. I've, I've literally exhausted all of the options. Ooh, I've never tried being that. on stage. We just go out and start dancing. That's fun. I, I went in I like an early pocket. team. I, I went out. Someone started the scene and I went out and I started singing. I think I started singing a song from Wizard of Oz. Um, like, like the, like one of the, like, um, we welcome you to Munchkin Land. Fa, la, 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 la. <laughs> I got for sure other people would join in and for sure no one joined in. Yeah. No one edited. And so I was for a very long time by myself. And I think that was when I was like really shy. I was on my team. I was sure Mike Marbach cast me by mistake. Yeah. I was having whole shows where I didn't go out at all. I went mm. out and I was ornamental on the stage. I was just like standing on the side and they were like, well, that girl is structural to the theater. But she's not allowed to leave the wall. She yep. stands there and then oh, she I've goes to the show. back. Wait, wait, so, hang- <laughs> do you have a show where I do, like a run of shows where I do nothing and then a show where I just sing a weird song from Wizard of Oz? Like that was my track record for a while. <laughs> That's perfect. I This is always fascinating to me, which is like seeing people who... I think are fantastic improvisers and uh, hearing about their early days where they're like, I couldn't get off the back wall. I didn't know I couldn't do that. How long were you like, how long do you think you were where you felt comfortable going out and like starting a scene? Oh, I would say, so I, I started on asteroid, which was the first team that I was cast on at, at Philly improv theater. I started on asteroid when I was 20. I got cast on the team in the summer before my junior year of college. And then I immediately left to study abroad I was like, hey, Mike, I'm sure you cast me as a mistake. I've n- I had never taken an improv class. They didn't have a requirement back then. I would just oh, wow. done some improv at college. And Marbeck very openly will say this now. He cast the team based on availability. So I had a very open schedule. And he was like, <laughs> That's fantastic. Great. Come on through. Um, so I like had a ton of imposter syndrome around it. And then I left and my team debuted. And I played for four months and I wasn't there. So mm. I came back. Not only was everyone so much more experienced than me, they'd been playing together. Like, I wasn't even there when we named the team. I was so removed from it. And I was like, all I could think about, and this is very much my personality. Like, I typically, it's not good for improv. I typically don't like doing things unless I have a guaranteed success rate in them. I'm a very risk-averse person. I'm like, I'll do this if there's a 98% chance it'll go well. And that's pretty high. So, like, consistently, I would be like, I know people really like this team. I wasn't on it the first four months, and now I'm here and Ugh. I know they've been having really good shows and I don't want it to be a thing where I start doing the scenes and people are like, this is 
it tanked and they can directly point to being like and i think it's that one girl who wasn't here before so i would say it was like another (laughs) it was like another six months and like thank god that was such a long-running team because it took me so long i would like go to the shows it was i would i was at temple i would go to the shows it was such a hassle to get to the shoe bin i would go i would not do a single blessed scene mike marbach would be like hey your note Mm -hmm. is do a goddamn scene do, do improv, literally yeah. anything and then i would go back to my like a house in college and i would just lay on the floor in the kitchen and my roommates would be like hey bud you want to you want to get up oh what are you doing it was like excruciating the fact that i continue to do improv after that experience is like shocking oh. and then like the team was the team was so nice it was made up of the nicest people i thought they were so funny and cool which was intimidating but they were all mm. so nice um, yeah. and eventually like everyone was just like can you imagine being that supportive to a teammate who is doing the absolute least to the point where then I was like, Oh, now it's fine. Now I like love these people. I'll take so many more chances. I'll do stuff. But it was, I was a very slow burn improviser. That's oh, that, it's so good. It, it's very good to hear that. I, cause I have had trouble with going out into scenes cause it's, it's so difficult to do. It's, yeah. I, I remember the very first time, I, I'm pretty sure I've told this story on the podcast before, but I the very first time I went on stage, it was for a jam. It was, I, I always remember, it was Kristen Shear's last uh, uh, jam in, in Philadelphia before she left. And I had seen her before, and I was like, oh, I know she's very good. And I just happened to get paired up with, not her, not her necessarily, but the t- a team that involved her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just so nervous the entire time i couldn't come out one bit and then finally someone pointed at me and was like oh come out and do this scene with me and it was horrible i didn't uh, i remember saying something that was like this is gonna kill Mm -hmm. and just the like silence all the air got sucked out of the room yep and i was just like well i've done it I've ruined my chances in the Philadelphia improv scene. This is my one shot. Yeah. <laughs> 25 of the best improvisers just saw me fail. I cried in an Uber that night. Yeah. Because that's, it was so that's part terrible of the experience. Yeah. Oh, I think. it's And a, then yeah, you're, if you hate yourself at the, the new, at the new thing you're passionate about, it, it's probably a sign you give a shit. Like it's, that's, that's not the worst. Like I think it's, it could be, there's a positive side to that. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and so, so much of it too ends up just being it's at like the, the way that I think about it now in, in hindsight it's a batting average thing like mm. so much of it was like before we were doing shows three times a month they were on Saturdays and so like if I was only doing three shows a month I was like okay these have to be three really good shows and once like figment opened up and we were doing a ton of shows at fit and they were programming both stages and there was like so much going on and I was doing so many shows all the time it was like okay, well, I can't, I can't stand on the side of all of these shows all of the time. Like my batting average is just like, I just have to take a bunch of, of tries mm-hmm. at everything and like, and not worry about protecting it and being like, okay, well, if I only go out twice, they have to be the two best times. It's like, no, I'll go out 20 times. And if they're bad 15 times, who cares? They had five really good times. That's still better than the two good times I was going to have before. Like, I yeah. I you on that. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's kind of my style. <laughs> yeah. It was it was honestly weirdly the pandemic uh, is what got me to finally be like I'm gonna go I'm just gonna go out there let's see what happens like I I, I think it might be something about how like the comedy scene in Philadelphia has a little bit gone away and we have to rebuild it now for sure so like all of us are kind of like scrambling and I feel just so little pressure 
Whereas before, for some reason, I was just like, I gotta, Scott Campbell's gotta like me, despite the fact Scott Campbell, <laughs> nicest person in the entire yeah. world. Very yeah. kind. Lo- lovely, oh, yeah. lovely person. Uh, but for some reason, I'd just be like, I can't, I can't go out that for that scene. He's gonna hate me. Never thought that. He definitely never thought that in his life. Uh, <laughs> but it now becomes a thing where it's like, the, I think because both of the scenes have um, dwindled, like the, the scene is dwindled so significantly and there's like not that much going on, it almost becomes like, uh, I don't know if you guys, if you've ever been on a cruise, but it's like a cruise where you're like, Nobody fucking knows me on this cruise. Oh, I went. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, you're talking to a person who used to go on way too many of them during high school years. Like, yeah, yeah. my family, we were cruisers. Yeah, I have. A, I'm in a family of cruisers weird. too. And you yeah. go, and my attitude, I'm like, I can wear whatever I want. I yep. am singing karaoke, peanut butter all over yourself, and yeah, sing to karaoke. Who cares? You can sing whatever you want because you never have to see these people ever again. <laughs> Did you know on cruise ships? You don't have to order just one dinner. You can order as many dinners yep. as you want. <laughs> I ordered a bowl of mashed potatoes and a plate of cherries, and I did it with no fucking apologies. I was just like, that's what I want. I get what I want. And like in, <laughs> in the rebuild of improv and after the after the apocalypse, like as we emerge from under our like collective Wizard of Oz like houses and we come out, like yeah. I hope we are all bringing cruise ship energy where it's like. <laughs> Fuck! Who I just cares? came out of my house. Yeah. I, no one's seen my pants in a million years. This is what it, they look like. It pays off when you stop giving a shit. Like uh, because me and my friend uh, Donnie, we went. Uh, we did a cruise together, and we went to like the adults' night where it was like karaoke. And we clearly shouldn't have been there to do like Paradise City, but they're like, "Who the fuck are these fourteen-year-olds is coming in and doing Paradise City?" <laughs> um, and we were like, "Oh, yeah, we'll do that song. We totally know all the words." <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, you know, take me down to the Paradise City. Where the grass, the grass is green, is and, the green girls, and the girls are pretty. Are pretty. Right. Go ahead, Kai. That's the end. Um, it's not <laughs> a song I ended up really growing to love too much. Um, but it is uh, It is just for the rest of the cruise, we would just get people like, oh, honey, look, it's those guys. You know, it's the, it's the Paradise Kids, you know. Paradise, <laughs> Paradise Kids. kids. <laughs> Yeah, it was like, oh, I'm a celebrity because we said, fuck it. You know, what's going to happen? A bunch of people are, you know, going to be like, you know, these young fucking hooligans, you know, like, who gives a shit? Can I tell you my most embarrassing cruise story? Yeah. I went on a cruise with with my grandparents and my brother, who's three years younger than me. And I was probably like 11 or 12. I had, I had like full braces. I had eyebrows that were like the top third of my head. I had like really bad acne and a penchant for tie dye. I was like, I was like fully in it. I was also really into musical theater, but could not sing to save my life. And I was like, I'm going to work around it. It'll be fine. Broadway will accept. It'll be fine. Um, and my brother was adorable and like wore a bucket hat all the time and only ate chicken fingers. And he was he was lovely. So if I'm 12, he's like nine. We go on this cruise <laughs> and they have a kid's talent show. And I have, of course, packed my tap shoes like you do because you yeah, never know when there's going to be a talent show. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, perfect. Great. Well, I will tap dance. I have got for this. Yeah. I've been waiting. Um, I'm sure by the end of it, I'll have a boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> right, who lives on the... Yeah, you're... you're uh, oh, God. This is a horrible, but Jason Glass. Is that what it is from the Brady Bunch? George Todd, Glass. George Glass. Jason yes. Glass. Sorry. Oh, Anyways, yes. Yeah, you're George Glass. What a ridiculous name, Kai. Jason, Jason Glass. Glass. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> oh, but so I, so I entered this talent show. I had gotten my, uh, my hair braided on the island a few days prior. So I had my hair braided. I had my braces. I had my things. And I was like, I'm going to tap dance. But then my brother was like, well, I want to tap dance. Because he also took tap lessons because we were a very cool sibling duo. And so I 
as a kind older sister, lent my tap shoes to my brother, but that meant that I couldn't tap dance in the talent show because I lent oh. them to my brother. So I was like, well, I will simply sing. And so my brother, the judges were the chorus girls from the musicals on the cruise ship. My brother came out as a nine-year-old adorable little boy in a bucket hat tap dancing. Tap mm-hmm. dance real goofy, I think, to like no business, like show business. They were, they loved it. They were like, oh my God, you're incredible, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, they like this. Wait until they get a load of me singing. <laughs> they don't even know. I went out in my, in my tie-dye with my braids, and I sang Little Girls, the Miss Hannigan song from Annie. And it did not go well. It was mortifying. It was the longest song somehow that's ever <laughs> happened in the history of, of the musical world. Um, it's song. Yeah. This like, I went on more cruises after that because nobody fucking knows me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. I mean, that the, actually, the only thing that's creepy is when you do bump into someone that knows you. Like, we were in, uh, we found out the people that were on the cruise that we went to that were at the airport with us were complete, going to a different place in America. We found out, like, oh, you're going back to New Hampshire. Cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what do you guys do? Oh, we own a laundromat. Oh, no way. We used to own laundromats. We used to do things. We, like, randomly bumped into people on a cruise that used to own my parents' laundromat, like, two owners beforehand. Because why, why not? What? Because it's like that. But there are times where I've been there like, oh, crap. Like, uh, they're like, my friend's like, m- you know, my mom is here. Great. Now the cruise is ruined, you know, because there's an outside <laughs> person. You know, Cindy knows that I'm here, you know. She's <laughs> bringing my real life and my real context to this cruise. That's not what it's about. Right. Oh. No. Don't tell your kids about how, uh, you know, like about my experience. This is like spring break for me. Okay. This is a big deal. That just reminded me of something that happened to me in eighth grade. I okay. I was a terrible. I I didn't have a very good middle school. I got bullied a lot. A lot of kids did not like me. Just was what was going on. In eighth grade, <laughs> a lot of a lot of uh, heavy stuff right at the beginning of the story. I know. In That's eighth fine. grade, I went to uh, Florida with my friend's sister's cheerleading squad because they had a they have a big thing in Florida for Disney World for all the uh the for a bunch of uh, cheerleader girls, mm-hmm. and it was just me. My friend, who's a boy, and then like 25, 30 cheerleaders, uh, cheerleader girls, and we were all just discovering that we liked uh, boys and girls. And uh, I remember me and that kid were like a hit because we were the only boys around and they liked, they were like, oh, we like, we like talking to you. And so I had a ton of confidence all of a sudden because of this. <laughs> who would have thought? And one of the girls there was a girl who bullied me. No. And she came up one day and was like, she came up and was like, why are you like this? Like here, but not at school. And I was like, well, and I remember very, I remember very uh, seriously being like, yeah, because no one likes me at school. And then she was just like, from then on out, she was always nice to me because she was just like, oh, people are nice when you're nice to them. I, I, I wish I could say that this didn't carry into my adult life and into the improv scene, but also kind of the same. Like, it's one of those things where it really just depends around who you're around. Um, you, you change up your yeah. scene, you get to hopefully get encouraged to unapologetically be a little bit more yourself. Um you okay? Are you gonna cry? You okay? I just I wanted to scoop I just wanna scoop up eighth grade gym and be like Oh yeah. It's okay, oh. buddy. I wanna scoop up all the eighth graders, honestly. Yeah. Eighth grade's not it's not, not a great time. It's a tough it, eighth Ugh. grade is they're all terrible. All terrible. 
just no good. But that's why we cry when we watch movies because all the people who made Wally were eighth graders once, and I'm just so <laughs> happy for them that they found something. Yeah, and with that, we're going to do final notes because nice. that felt like a good segue to the end good. of the show. It's pretty good. <laughs> Very nice. Caitlin. So, Caitlin, do you have any final notes that you wanted to talk about with Toy Story? Um, I I would like to just really bring the mood down by addressing that yeah. I am concerned about the parental situation of both the chill- child characters in the show. <laughs> okay. And I and I think that it, it maybe that is the thing that makes me cry. Thinking about like Sid's home life and thinking about Andy's home life. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, and that little baby that's clearly going to eat like all those like Molly? Mr. Potato Head parts. Yeah. Yeah, not mm-hmm. child safe. Nope. Um, and just thinking about like th- maybe maybe they need the escapism of knowing that their toys come to life and that they mm-hmm. can have that um, because of their their home life situations. Just the thing I'm noodling on. No, just the real. thing I'm thinking about. <laughs> that's it. Um, in the same uh, vein of the story I just told, and also keeping it uh, keeping the mood low at the very end of the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> One of my favorite details of this movie, <laughs> which was such me as a little kid, like if my older sister like went away and there was no other kids in the neighborhood that I could play with, there's a part where they show Sid just hucking a cinder block in his backyard. And that was just, <laughs> that was me when I was just completely alone. And I was just like, I'm just picking up, uh, just picking up <laughs> and throwing them across the yard. But it doesn't go that far because I have little weak six-year-old arms. <laughs> oh, Jim. <laughs> what did you think would happen i thought i would launch i thought i was so strong i thought i would launch that thing <laughs> so far it would go maybe in front of me sometimes it'd fall on my foot like <sighs> it, you'd it's really hard to throw cinder blocks but i love that i love the like when you have that slight glimpse of little kid confidence we've mm-hmm. all these incredible videos of my brother who like loved three ninjas and ninja turtles and like anything Same. that was like remotely oh. in a ninja franchise yeah. and he would like my grandma made him like a three ninjas outfit like like a like a little karate outfit was he a tum tum uh, a rocky always. okay tum 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 nice. yeah okay. Um, and she like painted him the mask and everything. And nice. we, my parents had a china cabinet in the dining room that had a mirror in the back. And they would move the dining room table for him. Again, very supportive parents who let us watch a very select amount of television. Um, and we have video of him where he's like doing these moves. And you can just tell he thinks he looks in, like so cool. And he's yes. doing these little tiny moves with his body. And then he's going up to the china cabinet with a mirror in the back <laughs> and lifting his mask and being like, Oh, I'm gonna get you. <laughs> <laughs> and then like putting it back down. I think just to see how he would look to a villain. And it is just like there's something so sweet about it where he's like, Yeah, I'm a little kid, but I could probably fight the bad guys if I needed to. Oh the purity of that. Oh my god, yes. Something something, something I've learned about myself on stage is that, you know, you're not supposed to go for what's funny, you're supposed to go for what's serious. I have found that uh if I do something that I think is going to be awesome, it will inevitably get a laugh because I think it looks so much cooler in my head. And everyone, everyone's like, that looked so dumb. <laughs> but you're going for it. I'm going, to do a, I'm going to do a high kick on stage and everyone's going to think I'm so cool for doing it. No, 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 no. <laughs> Kai. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yield my time for notes uh, and just read 
what basically I wish I wish live tweeting was a thing when Toy Story came out, and I wish that my partner and I were alive during that time because these are just things that they said uh, that I really enjoyed. We watched this on Valentine's Day, and it was such a lovely night in to just and uh, and I, I know I mentioned that to y'all, but to the listeners, what a lovely thing to do. Uh, we're just two queers hanging out with our sick cat with a cone around his neck who's healing. Yeah, he just had surgery. He's doing great. And just hanging out, you know, drinking fancy beer and watching Toy Story. And this is some of the delightful shit that came out of their mouths. Um, one, Bo Peep has no business being this horny. Fair. <laughs> right at the start of the movie, too, where you're right. like, oh. Yeah. She, uh, by the way, she's so poorly animated in this movie compared, compared to the to next four? movie. Oh, compared to four, she's a completely different person. In this one, she is just a porcelain doll and has no expression. Wild. Oh, Oh, that reminds me. The dog is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Literally, in the next movie, they they animate the dog well. In this one, it looks so bad. They had just learned what polygons were, and his (laughs) eyes are like stickers on his face. It's It's so... Go look at the picture. The sheep are really fucked up. Yeah. But go look at the picture of the dog in Toy Story 1, Sid's dog, versus the cat in Toy Story 4. I'll, um, I'll, I'll go get it right now. Thank you. I'll see if I can, while you're doing that, uh, uh, get you to chuckle. Uh, so we had, uh, does ACAB include Woody? Thought that was a great question. Um, I've changed my mind. I'll be on your podcast. I'm fucking hilarious. Had to write that down. Come <laughs> <laughs> um, on, that qualifies. Yeah um wow uh wow even boy toys don't know how to talk about their feelings um where did that come from too like why why is that what's the socialization of the toy world they had to put it in there uh every gay every gay i'm sorry every gay i uh i know looks like sid from toy story um no it's seriously um uh do they die of old age do they get cancer um well as we know they don't uh, right from the fourth movie, they're antiques. Mm. Some of them. Also, Woody's a pretty, pretty much an antique because he's from the fifties. Well, oh. they 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 die in a way that when I was younger, I thought that's how you had. Like when I was younger, I thought you didn't die until your heart got um, like pulverized, like run over <laughs> by a car. Or, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like someone could cut off your head, but you wouldn't be dead until your heart. Your heart was like your battery. I watched a lot of Looney Tunes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think the same is true for toys. Like they're, they're alive until they're, their heart, they're like pulverized. Uh, yeah, that makes that, sense. Uh, no, that does make sense. What about that? Uh, uh, the fishing rod with the legs. Oh, oh. where's their heart? Answer I- that Caitlin. Go ahead. Well, I, I think I think if I'm being honest, I think the the legs are the heart of that specific toy. There's a lot. There's a lot of meat there. It feels like the feature. Ready for this? There's a lot for a lot for me there because we kind of realized we're like all of those toys are just like the queer trans leftover misfit characters. I mean, I think honestly, yeah. most of the regular Toy Story. I mean, my my partner called this out when we went walked out of the fourth one, which is just uh, Toy Story Four or is just trying to like you know it's just uh, the heteronormative agenda. Um, it's or it's not really um it's but it is uh it like clearly for me like these are like in the same way that there's kind of like uh the mutants in like um fucking x-men there's these oh. these to me are the the outcasts um and of course they're misunderstood they're they're not trying to harm you woody they're trying to help fix buzz and and make things better well do you remember um, that tweet that was kind of like pop i don't know if it was popular do you remember that one tweet i read 
Oh yeah, yeah, no, I remember that. When I was inside your head while you were reading it, because it was like a, it was like a being John Malkovich situation, but it was a being yeah, Caitlin Corkery. I remember that. I remember. That. I could sense you were there. I knew yeah. you could remember. Honestly, they gotta put you gotta close that tiny door. Stop letting me in that tiny door. You I gotta stop referencing it. being John Malkovich. If I close the door, I don't know who's behind it. They can scare me. Um, no, but someone had a tweet that was like that was like from Sid's perspective of being like Sid is just trying to do their art, okay? Yeah. And I'm like, oh my god, now I feel like a monster for ever thinking that Sid was. I'm like, what a deranged kid messing up the toys and blowing stuff up. But I'm like, wow, no, Caitlin, you're the old timer here. Sid is trying to do some art. It didn't help that Sid looked exactly like uh, one of my childhood bullies, mm. like the one down the street from me. I'm not going to say his name, but do you think he was trying to do some art? No. He was trying to he was trying to screw with me emotionally. <laughs> Is that an art? Yeah, yeah, I guess he 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 ended up making an improviser, so then way to go. Almost said his name. <laughs> I want to see a movie where we find out what happens to Sid. Right? Well, you do you do find out in the third one, he ends up as a garbage man. Oh, is that what it was? That sucks. I want a different outcome for him. Well, hey, first off, not that being a garbage lot of man's money. a bad job, but or it's like it's a job. It it I don't know how I've never been a garbage person. I it's don't know six how. figures in some places. Right. So it could be it could, you know, it has its pros and cons. But I, I wonder what kind of statement they were trying to make with that, though. You know what I mean? They were probably trying to be like, oh, well, you know, that's what happens if you're a punk kid. You end up being having to deal with people's trash. Um, you to know? be fair, his uh, his attitude in that is a rude, crude uh, dude because he's like listening to rock, like metal and he's just this. like, yeah, Loving this it. is awesome. Yeah. Let me throw garbage in. He's totally enjoying his life. He's, he's doing real good in life. Move then. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, Go ahead, Kai. I got to end with a wholesome one. Can I tell you? This is the. We realized that Woody needed a therapist, and we were trying to figure out which other toy would be the best to play a therapist. And I said, I think a troll would be a good therapist because the uh, because they listen. And Jack goes, Yeah, and they're naked, so you know they got nothing to hide. <laughs> see, I would have thought it was Wallace Shawn. He just see. He just screams therapist to me. I saw. I saw my dinner with Andre. My dinner with Rex. We've all seen it. Oh, that's that's it. That, that's Toy Story, everybody. Um, yeah, we so, talked so much about. It. We did. I mean, I, I I I actually thought we'd have to get into it constantly, but it's a great fucking movie. Everybody fucking knows it's a good movie. Um, nobody came to this episode like, oh, I can't wait till they tear Toy Story apart. It's the you know, like Miss Walper didn't show. The whoop didn't come like this. Good. <laughs> Fuck this. I know. Oh, I remember Kai hates this movie. Uh, No. (laughs) No. Didn't happen. Um, I do want to ask, is there anything that you would like to share with our listeners uh, to promote uh, that they should engage with or philosophies they should take on? Oh, the power you realize you have. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you are in Philadelphia, the Moth uh, local story slam is uh, the first Tuesday of the month, and I am hosting it sometimes, and it's always, like, really, really fun. And if you want to come and and cry or see me tear up publicly, just to confirm that I'm a big crybaby, come on through if you need a little dose of humanity after being in your basement for two years. Come on (laughs) out. It's very, very fun. Um, And otherwise, what else am I loving right now? Oh, like, just, just, like, 
garden reels on Instagram. People just like having like lush and wonderful gardens is like very, very life giving in the dark days of winter and just yeah. dreaming about gardening, even though I have no follow through on this plan. Um, it's <laughs> really nice. That's all I got. No, that's real. Uh, I will also push real quick, uh, double down on the moth. Because uh, when I was lucky, when I worked in Cambridge, I worked at the, the, the Oberon Theater and we got to, to host the moth. Uh, and I got to, it was cool because you weren't allowed to serve drinks while people were performing. So every show I would go, worked, I got to watch the show. Um, and storytelling uh, competitions are so fucking fun. Um, I don't know if it's always in a competition setting, is it? Is it always competitive or sometimes it's not? The moth is, is it's always structured, at least like the, the local story slams are always structured as like a rating competition, but it's like, it's so... The points don't matter. Not, yeah, it's not yeah. competitive really. But I, one of the things I find fascinating about it is that it's it often is people telling stories that you're like, oh, I would never talk to. Yeah, I don't I don't talk to many hand surgeons. Tell me a story that you had, hand surgeon person. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And there's also there's also this really fascinating level, too, that I love about it. where like uh, for the same topic. One person will tell a story that is so like gut wrenching and devastating. And you're yeah. like, oh, we're in for a doozy of the night. And somehow tonally having someone right after them tell like a hilarious story. I don't mind at all. Like I'll yeah. totally go on this roller coaster over and over again. And the ability of one person to like fully captivate an entire room, have everyone like lean in and buy in to a story from a stranger is like just so just so lovely and just like the, the best part of humans. I'm saying this as though I am not a human. I swear I am. Like, <laughs> it's just it's just so nice. Pe- people is great. I love them. Look, just take your skin suit off after that we're done recording because this does have video and I am currently documenting. So just be careful. I'm just Please saying. don't tell them, Kai. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yes, uh, go to the description, everybody, uh, either the episode you're currently listening to, it's, it, there's information on how to uh, get out and see things to your comfort level. Um, have fun. Go see people perform. Uh, we are going to be back next week. Uh, we're going to be going into Toy Story 2, because that's how numbers yes. work. They, they didn't do like Toy Story, the revenge. Um, <laughs> and we're going to be here with Jess Whiteman. So we're going we're gonna to keep this ball rolling and, and keep talking about creepy toys that are alive when you're not paying attention. Yeah. Thank you so much, Caitlin. Hey. Thank you. This is so Jim, fun. Did you have anything else to say to the audience before we go? I have nope. nothing more for you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Rotten Treasure. And on Instagram at Rotten underscore Treasure. And on Twitter at Rotten Treasure. And go to Patreon.com slash Rotten Treasure for bonus episodes, early episode release, and a vote for the next series. And be sure to give us a five-star rating and review us on any of your available podcast apps. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks. Perfect.